This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. And have Pastor Long join me here on the platform. For those of you who are new in our church, Brother Tavis is also chairman of our deacons. He's uh, a commander in the U.S. Navy, a chaplain, and uh, so brings to the subject that we'll be looking at tonight uh, a lot of perspective, and at various times we'll be standing here together. Uh, there'll be some interaction probably uh, back and forth between us, and then certainly uh, towards the end, we want to leave enough time uh, for your uh, questions. And so tonight, we want to take up this topic of the vaccine and the fact that just this week, a president did what is really uncharacteristic of the executive office and and a first for the American public where uh, a, a sitting president has required that you put something in your body. But I want to back up and talk about uh, the problem which really started at the beginning of the whole COVID thing, uh, problem. We all recognize, and to show deference to the government on this, none of us really understood what was happening or what this virus was. In fact, some of you would probably admit tonight that you were sick before COVID was ever a thing. I remember a year ago, January, wondering why are so many people sick? It's not just the winter crud, okay? Just there were people sick everywhere and they, they had some of the same symptoms and it was, it was just strange. And then it wasn't long and we began to hear about this COVID virus. <clears throat> But at the beginning, even at the beginning, we got a sense that the government first didn't understand what was happening, which, again, is understandable. But we also got the sense that if they knew something, they weren't telling us. One of the first signs of that was that those who were trying to uh, say that this was a problem that came out of China, the government... Some places they were trying to downplay that. Of course, anytime your government isn't willing to talk about what the enemies of your, of your nation are doing, that creates some concern. Also, from the very beginning, I believe that the government communicated poorly about the vaccine and didn't tell us all that we needed to know about it. By that I mean they continue to use the word vaccine. You and I understand a vaccine to be something where to prevent you from getting the flu, they give you a little bit of flu. If you, to prevent you from getting uh, the chicken pox, they'll give you a little bit of chicken pox, okay, or smallpox, whatever. The vaccine, as we understand it now, is not a true vaccine. When you get it, you're not getting any COVID. It's not a vaccine, it's an inhibitor. We'll say more about that a little bit later. We also learned early on that as the government was responding to this problem, 
I'll just say it, they were cooking the numbers. Okay, so if you went in the hospital and COVID took your life, it was marked as a COVID death. Or if you went into the hospital and something else took your life, they marked that as a COVID death too. Say, Pastor, how can you even say that? Well, because our family experienced it. Last December, I had a godly aunt who died from Lou Gehrig's disease. You know what's on her death certificate? COVID. She didn't have COVID. And so it's hard to really understand how bad a problem is, the nature of a problem, if you're not getting accurate science. We hear so much, right now there are political things on the, on the news saying, follow, we follow the science. Eh, probably not. All right. And then the inconsistency of politicians in what they say and what they do. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to, it all sound like I have a vendetta tonight, uh, but I, I just need to be honest with you as your pastor. I hope that you would expect that from me. But the reality is Dr. Fauci, Nancy Pelosi, President Biden are all on record saying that masks and vaccines shouldn't be mandated. It's out there. You can read it and, and see it. Now, with numbers declining and more and more people being vaccinated, they're saying just the opposite. Some also have said that vaccines were untrustworthy because the former president was overseeing its production and distribution. The same vaccines that they're telling us we have to get. Now, any thinking American says, wait a minute. Again, <clears throat> this is not consistent. Now, let me just stop for a moment and say this. We do need to understand that the government doesn't produce anything except sometimes complication. The government didn't produce these vaccines. Companies did. You say, yeah, companies that like to make a lot of money. Yes, they do. Something we need to realize is that these drug companies, the people, the scientists who are making these vaccines, are parents and grandparents too. They really are trying to stop the spread of a virus and save lives. Once again, you say, Pastor, how, how do you really know that? Because I've got a Christian friend in Pennsylvania who is a research doctor for one of these companies. He loves the Lord. I had held off getting the vaccine because when I got COVID, it attacked my heart. I spent a full day in a cardiac unit in California. I didn't run back here and tell you what had happened. Just because I, I didn't want there to just be extra concern and so on. But I held off getting the vaccine. A few months ago, I had a nephew who got married up in Pennsylvania, the church that I pastored up there. And so uh, a couple of my girls and I, we stayed with some dear friends in their beautiful home, uh, stayed there, and the next day was the wedding. And guess who the friend was? It was my friend who's a research doctor. And so we got to sit for a long time that evening in their living room, and I said to him, I said, well, I'm not getting it because here's what happened when I got COVID the first time. 
And he said, well, you need to realize there's no COVID in the vaccine. I was shocked. Now, shame on me, maybe I should have read more. But I asked him, well, why hasn't the, why didn't, right out of the start, why didn't the government explain this? And he had no answer. Okay. But again, the reality is it's inhibitor, it's intended, and I'm not a medical doctor, but this is what he said, it's intended to keep the COVID virus from attaching to your proteins and going into your cells. So if you get the vaccine, what it's intended to do is to prevent you from getting COVID, or if you get it, to have a case that's mild enough, it's not going to make you very sick and it's not going to kill you. And I will say to you tonight that that is, in fact, what the research is showing. It is helping with that. Okay? And so I'm sharing with you things that are helping me better understand how I should view this issue. Also, when it comes to the government, while they are saying we should get vaccinated, they have kept the southern border wide open and are transporting illegal aliens with COVID into our cities at night. So how sincere are they really about protecting the health of the American public? I think it's a huge question. And then, of course, talking about mandatory vaccine documents. Okay, if you're going to fly... There's even one senator who's proposed if you're going to ride public transportation, you have to show this. My question is, why these mandatory documents, while saying that it's racist and too difficult to get an ID to vote? Would you agree with me that's a fair question? So... There, there just isn't good communication, and it's been a problem from the beginning. Now, what that does is it drives the American public to the Internet where they're only going to get reliable information. <laughs> I'm smiling, and you're laughing because you know, I, you know, they're, they're, you're going to read all kinds of stuff there. I mean, you, you get those shots, you can glow in the dark at night. I, I mean, it's just all kinds of misinformation there. Now, it's created some special problems for churches and for those of us in ministry. While I want to give pastoral advice based on what the Word of God says, I am very leery about giving medical advice. I've had people say, Pastor, why aren't you talking about this? Well, because I may say something that directly contradicts what your doctor said to you the week before in his office. That's not my place. It's created special problems in the workplace. Those in essential services are getting out. You know that there are hospitals, one in New York City, where they've stopped delivering babies because nurses have said, we're not going to get vaccinated, and they've stopped coming to work. There are some serious ramifications for the way the government is handling this. Now, one of the areas as well is you military members and what the, goss, or what, I'm sorry, what the government is requiring of you. And I'm going to ask Pastor Long to just come. He's going to share some comments on that. 
Thank you, Pastor. I do appreciate him allowing me this opportunity. I want to be, I think I owe you an obligatory disclosure that I'm not speaking tonight on behalf of the Navy. Uh, I happen to be a chaplain in the United States Navy, but I'm first and foremost a Christian, and I'm a member Amen. of this church. Amen. And so I speak to you as a, as a fellow member uh, in the body of Christ. Amen. And that being said, I, I just want to tell you a little bit about where I am coming from. And I will use my experience in the United States Navy as a, uh, to pr kind of frame, as I look at it, the situation I'm in. Not necessarily that I, a situation I am in, but that one that I am a part of. I am a member of the military. And as, a, as you know, a couple weeks ago, the Secretary of Defense came in, out and said that all military will be vaccinated. Now, there are a couple options that military members have. They can refuse the vaccination outright. They can also then, they can say, I would like to uh, put in some sort of waiver. And you could get a medical waiver, or you could request a medical waiver, but you could also request an administrative waiver, which falls under religious accommodation. Or religious accommodation falls under an administrative waiver. So that's where I come into this. Now, let me just give you a little bit also of my perspective of why I believe that uh, uh, I, am, I am in the middle of this. On my, in my command over the past two weeks, we have had 18 religious accommodation requests. That's out of about 900. If you do it, it's roughly about 2% who are asking to be waived from the vaccination. So now I find myself in a particularly interesting position. Who do I work for? I am a commissioned officer in the United States Navy. Do you know who commissioned me? The President of the United States. And I serve at his pleasure. He is the Commander-in-Chief. And so when it comes down to decision-making, I have to balance what my chain of command is asking of me, but then also when a person comes for religious accommodation, we are also governed by instructions, and in that it says it is in the best interest of the government to protect the religious rights of its personnel. So when a sailor comes to me and says, I would like to re receive accommodation, do I work for the sailor? I find myself in where I've got one foot, where I have to support the command and advise the command, and then also advise the sailor. And what am I seeing amongst our sailors? We've got men and women who have 15 plus years in service to their nation saying, I don't want this vaccine, and I will walk away. Now I look at that and I say, okay, let's go down this road of a religious accommodation. And then I find <laughs> there's a lot of heresy out there. <laughs> there's a lot of religious accommodation, of course, that I would not agree with. However, we have the First Amendment. And in the First Amendment, it says, Congress shall make no law prohibiting the free exercise of religion, nor, uh, uh, nor uh, prohibiting the free exercise of religion or uh, the, uh, the what? Or the, free or the free exercise thereof. 
So there is this, the, the Constitution, it says in the First Amendment that uh, we will protect those rights. And so we start talking about it, and, uh, and we start processing. So what am I seeing as a chaplain? We've got Hebrew Israelite, Lutheran, non-denominational Christian, Catholic, Muslim, Jewish, Baptist. They're from all over the, all across the board that are saying, I don't want to do this. And I look at this, and now i got to go to the command, and now I say, hey, they don't want this, and the command will, has to then make a decision. And it's my job, then, to advise the commander on the ramifications of both. And we've had these conversations uh, with the commander, with the executive officer, where we have talked about if he, because let me just go back a little bit of the process, it goes from the command, it goes right up to the chief of naval operations. That's who makes the final decision. And so the commander, I don't give, I don't, I don't give the answer. I don't say, here's the decision, we're going to give this person religious accommodation or not. I only give advice to the commander who makes a recommendation to the chief of naval operations. And so the commander is then stuck in a position where he says, I have to advise the chief of naval operations, and do I know he's going to deny it or is he going to, what do I say to him? And there's really two reasons, health of the force and mission readiness. What is in the best interest of the entire ship, and how do we accomplish mission? And so it's easy if you're to say, hey, I want to accomplish mission. That's my job. I'm going to accomplish mission. If we need to get these vaccines, we'll do it. And you say, but, and I've asked the commander, at what expense? at the expense of the religious needs of some of our personnel. How many? Only 2%. But my job is to advocate for them because, as it was said one day uh, in a staff meeting, one of our officers said, I've read these packages and they're just, they're just factually wrong. And we need to tell our sailors to change their facts because they're just factually wrong. And we'll talk a little bit about some of those facts here in a little bit. And I said, well, wait, wait, wait. We cannot tell sailors what to believe. And they said, but it's factually wrong. And I said, yeah. There's, and we were in this room with staff, and I said, there's a lot of people in here, and I dare say half of y'all are wrong in what you believe. <laughs> but we can't tell sailors that they're wrong. Why? Because I don't want them to come and tell me that what I believe is wrong, and then tell me I can't believe that. Because I believe in a virgin birth, or I believe in, in, uh, in salvation by grace, and I believe that there's a heaven, and I believe that there's a hell. I don't want the government to come and tell me that. So I will advocate even for those who believe that they're wrong. So that's my perspective now, is how do we advise those sailors who, who are up against this, this time in their life where they're making career decisions. And in this congregation, there are those of you who are going to have to make similar decisions. Your livelihood is depending on what decision you make. And hopefully tonight, we can help not, as I, as I, tell, as I told the commander, I, I don't, I'm not setting policy. I'll get this answer a lot. Someone will come and say, well, I can't receive the vaccine. And they'll Throw this back. But the Catholic Church says you can't. And I say, that's very nice, but I'm not Catholic. And they say, well, isn't that what all Christians believe? No. We don't. 
So we'll talk a little bit tonight, I hope, about liberty of conscience and what it means to be able to have freedom of religion, but also so you can take those things and you can start making the wisest choice, not only for your health and safety, but also for the health and safety of those around you, and then also for that of your family. So that's my perspective. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to ask Brother Long to stay here. One of the interesting things about this whole discussion is this isn't the first time something like this has happened. Uh, in a message months ago, I said, be careful of using the expression, these are unprecedented times. That means this, this has never happened before. This is new. This isn't new and this has happened before. Okay. So we were discussing, we want to just share with you a little bit. We're not going to take a lot of time with this, but in the past, how did the how did the nation respond, and then how did churches and church leaders respond, Pastor Long? So, if, like I said, we won't take a lot of time. If you want to look at history, there's probably two major pandemics we've experienced in our nation. The first was back in the 1730s when the smallpox pandemic, and you can go read the literature that's out there from that. Uh, Jonathan Edwards, actually, he died from smallpox, and he had been, at that time, it was just called inoculation, uh, where they actually did take smallpox, and they put it in you and, uh, and, and prayed for the best. Uh, it, was, it was really uh, primitive times. But you also had, at that time, pastors who were just really in an uproar about inoculation. And there were many in the United States who would say, you should not get this. Let your body do its, uh, its due process of, of, of uh, working out your immune system, and you shouldn't do it. And then you had people like Cotton Mather and his father, Increase Mather, who were, who, were, uh, who were pastors in New England, who wrote pamphlets and articles on why you should receive inoculation. It all came down to this big thing when one man, he weighs in on it, and his name is John Newton. John Newton was actually in England at the time, and he writes a letter, and he advocates for what is called Christian liberty, where he says we should not come down on one side or the other, but allow people to be, uh, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to lead them and to, and to honor Christian liberty. That's the first one. Then in 1917 was really the next major one. In over a matter of 24 months across this world, 100 million uh, people were killed with what was called then the Spanish flu. If you want a sobering and yet fascinating book, it is called The Great Influenza. And it's written by John Barry, a military historian. He writes this book about the, this pandemic of flu. And he goes back and he says, you know, we called it the Spanish flu, but it was right about the time that we think patient zero may have been in a, a little army camp in Oklahoma. And, uh, and we were on the cusp of getting into World War I. And so they said, uh, uh, England was saying, you need to get your guys over here. France was saying, we need the help. And so we just sent them. And you know what's next. Then when you send military around the world, they take with them all the stuff that they have. And so there was this pandemic that spread around the world. And in 1918, we saw in the United States mask wearing. Churches were closed down. And there was this scramble then to find a vaccine. And as they're scrambling to find the vaccine, the scientists are doing this. And really in that era of our nation's history was really a, a, a growth in science and medical science. 
uh, standards were started, and we actually are reaping a lot of the benefits of that technology that was developed in that pandemic. But churches were affected. And then it was not just getting a vaccine. In fact, I think it back in, in the Midwest, uh, and one of our states in the Midwest, people were hung, lynched, because they would not receive a vaccine to save, save each other. And so this was, this was what was before the churches at the time. But there were churches who closed their doors, and then there was the, the discussion on whether people should be vaccinated. And there were a lot who refused it. And do you know why we have so many variants of influenza today? Because we did not get enough people vaccinated at that time. Now, that's not a case for this. I'm just saying that's what happened. It evolved and it, 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 it grew. And we still now every year get a, at least I get pinned down, literally, uh, and, uh, and get the vaccine. The Navy says I should have it. So I get it. And, uh, and so, but, but there was the discussions back then on whether this should happen. Uh, the discussions also came with the polio vaccine. Uh, that was another one that was prominent. And then, uh, I will not steal any thunder from pastor, but as moved in then from polio, really it was starting with polio, that the ethics of vaccination started to become prevalent on how they developed them. I hope that helps you. And we talked a little bit about how preachers at the time, some were preaching get vaccinated. Some were not. And there was disagreement between pulpits about this, this subject. And so once again, we've tried to be very careful not to pick one side or the other for these following biblical reasons, all right? And so I hope you'll write these principles down. We're going to move through them quickly and, uh, and then draw some application. We've looked at the problem. We've looked at the past. Let's talk about the principles that are involved, all right? Here they are quickly. First of all, the Lord warns us about unscriptural fear. How much of the whole discussion and decision-making in this country is based upon fear? You and I would say a lot of it is. A lot of it is. In fact, you may have adjusted your life to wear a mask or whatever, and you can look around you and see that a lot of what is being practiced just isn't consistent and doesn't make sense. Like that little bit of plexiglass is going to make a big difference when it's this wide and there are these big gaps on either side. And so you wear a mask, you follow guidelines, and as believers we should. If it's posted on the door, wear a mask, wear a mask. But, but when you're in there, you understand a whole lot of this is me just trying to help other people not be fearful whether there's science behind this or not. But as God's people, we are to only fear the Lord and serve Him. Now, there's natural fear, railroad crossings, snakes, okay. Uh, God gives us legitimate fears, but when it comes to things that we're not sure about, the reality is fear the Lord. Fear the Lord and stay focused on what it is that He expects from me as I accomplish my calling to be an ambassador of Christ like we saw this morning. Next, we need to ask the question, is it sinful to take the vaccine? Is it sinful? Again, I've mentioned who is making it. 
The question has to be asked, does this harm the temple of the Holy Spirit? 1 Corinthians 3.16 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, which ye have of God, you're not your own. You're bought with a price, therefore glorify God with your body and with your spirit, which are God's. All right. So is it harmful to my body? And that's where we do look at the research. Let me just give you a principle. It's found in the Word of God. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Don't just take somebody's word over here about something that you might happen to agree with. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit as He guides you, but then let a multitude of counselors from trusted sources... Folks, and you're going to need the Lord's wisdom and, and, and direction on this. But folks that don't have an agenda are just trying to help. Okay? The mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And so the question is, is this going to harm my body? Now let's, again, I'm going to appeal for consistency. You get vaccinated in other ways, and the honest truth is you really don't know what it's going to do to you. But you, believing this is going to strengthen my health, help me be a better caretaker of the temple of the Holy Spirit, I'll go ahead and I'll get this vaccine. It may have some side effects, but I believe that the overall good of protecting the temple of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but probably most of us here have done that very thing. Well, I don't know about this, vac this COVID vaccination. It may, it may, it may, it may. Yeah, but you didn't have that discussion about those other things that they shot you with. Here's the difference. This vaccine has been politicized. And, and I'll just be honest, it, it disturbs me greatly... <laughs> that it's been used to cause us to think that maybe our fellow Americans who don't agree with a particular view are putting me at danger. Right? That's how it's being used. Neighbor against neighbor, family member, and so on. I think that's very dangerous and unwise. So, Another part of this is, some have read, and this, again, this is wading into the weeds a little bit. Some have read that either the vaccine contains fetal tissue or it was tested with fetal tissue. Okay. Now, you need to know this. If you'll look at the documentation that is there, and I looked at other sources, Brother Long and I talked about this, there's not fetal tissue in the vaccine. Was, it you, was fetal tissue used to test it? Well, here's the reality. Yes. Okay? But let's take a closer look. Not to mention that probably every other vaccine you've had, they've done the same thing with it. It just came to light with it. But here's what you have to understand. The fetal tissues that they are used are not really, in fact, fetal tissues. 
What they are is they're clone tissues from a single baby that was murdered, and I'll be honest with, with you about that, going all the way back to the Netherlands in the 70s. They've cloned and cloned and cloned, and over time, what they are experimenting with, it is not cells coming from a murdered baby. It's not. It's something that's cloned, and in fact, over time, those cells have actually changed in their complexion. They're not even necessarily fetal cells anymore. Now, does it make it right what they did years ago? It was wrong. Does it make me complicit today if I do something to help the temple of the Holy Spirit that literally has nothing to do with what happened decades ago. And before the Lord, you're going to have to exercise your conscience in that matter. And that brings us to the next area. Do believers have the responsibility and the liberty to follow their own conscience in getting the vaccine? I'll give you the text, Romans chapter 14. There are believers who, in, in that context were no longer following holy days, the Jewish feasts. Uh, they were no longer following the dietary restrictions of, of Moses' law because they realized it represented Christ's finished work. And so we live in this New Testament age, and so we are free to not have to do those things. And the scripture tells us God was pleased with them. On the other hand, there were Jewish believers who are now saved. They realize, I don't have to do these things, but now I know with the Jewish feasts and these other, other laws, I know it represented Christ, so I continue to do these because it all pictured Christ. So you have believers that are practicing two different things, and here's the conclusion, and again, I'm, I'm just I'm fast-forwarding. Here's the conclusion from Romans, number, uh, Romans 14. First of all, they both have the right to disagree, but to do what they are doing. Why? Because they're trying to please the Lord. Conclusion number one. Here's conclusion number two. And the Lord is pleased with both of them. Now it takes some spiritual maturity to get your mind wrapped around that. Both of them were doing what they thought was right based on what they believed the Scripture taught. And we can see from Scripture that they were both rightly applying the truth. But the Lord was pleased with both of them. And so what is the conclusion of that text? Who are you, as a brother questioning a brother, another brother, who are you to question someone else's servant? Because before their master, the Lord, they rise, they stand, or they fall. So, as we sit together in this auditorium tonight, as servants of Jesus Christ, none of you owns the other one of you. We're all servants of one master. And before the Lord, we have the freedom before God to search things out, to pray through things, and to make sure that what we're doing is not pragmatic, it's principled, but we're doing it because we believe this is right to please our Lord. That is the biblical application.
Now, finally, does the government have the right to require that we take the vaccine? I hope your foot's on the brake pedal. If you go to Romans 14, the scripture tells us that God has ordained all government. Can I get an amen? amen. That's tough for us to wrap our minds around. He's ordained it all. Sometimes for our blessing, sometimes because we're under judgment. But he ordains all authority. And then he tells us, Peter tells us, to submit to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Now remember, Peter was writing to believers who were under the government of a character named Nero. One of the worst emperors that Rome had. And oh, by the way, he was taking tax money where Jesus said, render unto Caesar. He was taking tax money and he was using it for some very awful things. But what did Jesus say? Render unto Caesar. You do right, whatever Caesar does with it, he's going to get to talk to me about. But submit for the Lord's sake. Now the line is, when they tell us to do something that is sinful. So far, I haven't been told I have to do anything sinful. If they tell us we can't gather as a church anymore, we gather as a church. I may be calling you saying, can we meet in your backwoods? We are still going to meet because now they told me to disobey God. I will obey God rather than man and lead this assembly to do it. But are they asking me to do something sinful? Now you're thinking, well, what about my, my constitution guaranteed rights? That's another issue. And that is something under the Constitution. And this man, this man, we have both sworn an oath to uphold that Constitution. Law enforcement, military. Okay. So we are going to work to defend and be vocal on behalf of the Constitution. And we're going to pray that way, trusting that the way our system works here, that either through elections they're going to throw these folks out that are trampling all over the Constitution, or there are other means to be able to help preserve our religious and, and citizen freedoms. Okay, But what I'm appealing to you about, some of you are saying, well, I'm not sure I can continue in my career. I, I think I'm going to have to just say no, and I'm, I'm gone. Here's, here's what, again, I want to ask you to do. First of all, ask, are they asking me to do something sinful? Number two, I'm asking you to separate all the inconsistency, the foolishness going on in Washington, separate that from the fact that we have something that is in fact being proven, not perfectly, but it is being proven to help keep people from getting as sick with COVID and it is saving lives. All right, so are they asking me to do something simple? No, I don't believe that they are. You, you certainly, before the Lord, and with your conscience, you can disagree. And so, let me close tonight. I haven't even asked Pastor Long if he's been vaccinated. He, he can share that if he wants, all right? But do all of you know that Renee is working up, Lord willing, next month. That's what it's looking like for her cochlear implant. Thank you for praying. 
But here's, here's what we learned working with the surgeon and, and this procedure. We learned that with all this testing, all, all the things that, have, that we've been, multiple doctor's appointments, if 48 hours out, she spikes a fever, could be anything. She's got to have a COVID test, but if she spikes a fever, has any symptoms, all the work of about four months out the window and we start over. And so our primary care and the surgeon said, we really recommend that you get vaccinated. So we prayed, we've researched, we've talked to people. I've shared some of that with you tonight. We both have been vaccinated, both shots, Pfizer. Because in our research, uh, again, when it came to fetal cell experimentation and so on, Pfizer was, seems to be the best one. You may have gotten something else, and again, that's, that's your business. But we both have been vaccinated. Here's another reason I got the vaccination, and there are other pastors across the country that have had to come to grips with this. It doesn't look like COVID is going away. In fact, Pastor Long alluded to, we have a new flu, everybody, and there are going to be different strains of the flu. It's just going to keep happening, okay? So you say, well, shouldn't we just get vaccinated and it, it fixes everything? No, it doesn't work that way with a lot of other stuff. Why do we think with this one it's going to be every, any different? Okay, Let, let's just think clearly. And again, separate all the emotional energy, the political energy from this issue. But if I'm going to be able to fulfill my responsibilities here as a pastor and visit our missionaries around the world, including several missionary families that are out of our church, talk to LePages just a couple days ago, I... Renee and I want to get back to Guernsey, okay? Do you know that without this, it is very unlikely that I'll be able to go see our missionaries? And so I have to weigh everything that I've just said to you, and I have to make the decision then, what is going to be best to help me fulfill the calling of God on my life? And so that's why, that's why we made the decision. Now, if you have not gotten vaccinated, now, again, I use that word relatively, okay? If you haven't gotten the shot and you're, you're determined this is not something that I should do and I have my reasons why, before the Lord, you rise, you stand, you fall, okay? That's between you and God. My comments tonight are just intended to give us perspective and encourage you to prayerfully pray about the choices, the decisions that you are making. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.